The first reading is taken from the Gospel according to Mark, and it's in the first chapter, beginning at verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now Christopher is going to bring our second reading and our sermon. Thank you. I love the story of the bishop who went to visit a church and he tapped on the microphone and said, there's something wrong with this microphone. And immediately the reply came back, and also with you. <laughs> I'm Christopher. I'm married to Sarah. We've got two children, Annabella and Ariana. Annabella's the old one. She's uh, 14. She set off for Spain at a school trip this morning uh, at about 2 o'clock in the morning. I might possibly have fallen asleep in other people's sermons. This morning, I might actually fall asleep in my own sermon. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just tell them the most extraordinary journey you have ever been on? Well, as Joe said, today we are carrying on the theme of journeys and looking at starting to journey with Jesus. I'm going to read our second reading, which hopefully will come up on the screen um, as well. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The journey with Jesus is the most extraordinary journey we can ever go on. The most extraordinary journey but also the most serious. I had a friend who was a schoolboy in the 1960s, and he went to hear the great evangelist uh, David Watson 
give a talk. And at the end of the talk, he went up to him and said, I would like to give my life to Jesus. And he was really surprised by the answer that he received. David Watson said to him, are you absolutely sure? It will change your life forever. Only commit if you're willing to give up your life. This is an extraordinary journey that we go on and we're invited to, but it's also a serious journey, a life-changing journey. Well, with all journeys, it's good to know where we're going. It's good to know what our destination is. I am terrible with directions. I get lost all the time. I'm not as bad as the barrister who was meant to be going to Newport, Isle of Wight recently and instead ended up in Newport in Wales. With Jesus, our journey's destination is eternity. I've got a rope here. Just imagine that this rope goes from here, it goes through the Beatrix room, it goes through Salisbury and down to Ringwood and then over to Bournemouth. It goes over the Channel to France. It goes to Paris, perhaps passing some very sad-looking Irish rugby fans on the way. It goes to the south of France. It crosses over the Mediterranean to North Africa. This rope keeps on going and going and going. This rope has no ending. It goes into eternity. Here's the thing. If this rope represents eternity, I suspect our lives here on earth, can you see this, are represented by this bit taped up in white. And here's the thing. I suspect most of us spend most of this part of our lives planning and preparing for this part of our lives. And we forget that when we journey with Jesus, we go with him into a journey that starts here but goes into eternity with him. So we come to the call of the disciples. The disciples are about to begin the most extraordinary journey of their lives, starting a journey with Jesus that would change their lives forever. Well, to understand this passage, we need to understand disciples and rabbis. All young Jewish boys would learn the Torah by heart, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But only the best ones would then go on to learn the whole of the scriptures, the Old Testament, Genesis through to Malachi by heart. And then only the best of the best would seek out a rabbi. Rabbis were the most respected people in society, the teachers, the role models, society shapers. The best of the best of the best would want to be disciples, would want to be like a rabbi. And each rabbi had a different set of interpretations on the scriptures known as the yoke. And the disciples would want to take the rabbi's yoke and put it on them. But this was only for the best of the best of the best. If you didn't make the grade, the rabbi would perhaps say to you, go, return home, continue to do your family trade. 
But if you had what it took, the rabbi would say to you, come, follow me. And you'd leave everything behind. And you'd devote your entire life to being like the rabbi, to doing all the things the rabbi would do. And there was a saying, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May you live in the same space, breathe the same air, be so close to your rabbi that you are covered in his dust. And so Jesus calls his first disciples, these fishermen, these not good enough, the ones who had had to return to the family business, the ones who didn't make the grade. And Jesus says to them, come, follow me. Come as you are. Come as simple fisher men, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. I love the story of the mum who came home from church one Sunday, and she saw her son in the sitting room with granddad's cap on his head and granddad's stick in his hand, and he was pulling really mean faces at his little sister. And his mum said, what on earth are you doing? And the boy looked a bit puzzled and said, well, I'm doing what they taught us in Sunday school. And the mum said to him, what do you mean? And he said, well, the teacher said, Jesus wants us to be vicious old men. <laughs> we all know that when we start a journey, it's good to take with us what we need. I'm notorious for not only being terrible at directions, I always forget things as well. Usually it's my wallet or my watch, uh, sometimes computer leads. Um, more recently, I left a friend's house um, partway up the road and realized I'd forgotten the dog. The disciples didn't need to take anything with them. They left their nets, the thing that tied them to their identity as fishermen and to their livelihood. It's like Jesus said to them, come, follow me, come as you are, but you will leave transformed. Don't forget yourselves, but you will learn to forget yourself. Come with nothing, but I will equip you. Submerse yourself in me. Become my disciples. Be covered in my dust. Take on my yoke. What a journey to start with Jesus. See, journeys with Jesus, God never promises comfort. But he does promise that he will change our character. He does promise the disciples then, and he promises us now, that slowly but surely he will make us more and more like Jesus. If we choose to follow him, he will shape our character. What a great journey to start. And then we come to the story of Levi, the tax collector. Tax collectors collecting taxes for the occupiers, for the Romans. Tax collectors who promised to gather all the money needed by the Roman Empire, plus some more money for their own income. Here is Levi sitting in a Roman booth. And Jesus says to him, come, follow me. And Levi gets up at once, leaves his wealth, his income, his status, his comfort, 
and follows Jesus. Levi then invites Jesus to come for dinner. Come and eat with him. Eating's great, isn't it? I, I love eating. I love cooking as well, but I, I, I love eating. There's something about eating together as well, isn't there, that meets our basic needs as human beings. Here, Jesus eats together with Levi. This is about fellowship. This is about a covenant relationship of friendship, a sign of approval, not acceptance of sin, but acceptance of the sinner, those who are morally unreliable, not in the habits of studying the scriptures. And Jesus sits and eats. Jesus came for the last and the lost and the least, the cast-offs. It's like Jesus is saying to Levi, I don't care about your past. Your past doesn't define you. There's a saying you might have come across that says, you can't change your past, but you can shape your future. In starting a journey with Jesus, your past doesn't determine your destination. Those of us who've done Alpha will perhaps have come across the story of Shane Taylor, one of the most violent prisoners in the UK, imprisoned for attempted murder, who started riots in various prisons that he went to, who stabbed a prison guard during one of those riots and was segregated for months at a time. And then someone told him about Jesus. In fact, it was another prisoner called Robert Bull who told him about Jesus. He said to him, I might be in prison for the rest of my life, but I have found a freedom that I have never experienced before. And eventually, Shane Taylor got moved from prison to prison and one night he had a dream in which uh, Robert Bull appeared. And he wrote to Robert Bull the next day saying, I had this dream, I don't know what it means. And Robert Bull wrote back and said, it means that Jesus is on your case. You better watch out. And he, Shane Taylor, signed up for an education um, course. And he had no idea what this education course was, but he knew that it came with free biscuits. So he thought, well, I'll sign up. And it turned out to be the Alpha course. And it came to the last session, the Holy Spirit session, and they were praying for the Holy Spirit to come and fall afresh on everyone doing the Alpha course. And the Holy Spirit came and it rested on Shane Taylor. And Shane prayed this prayer, I don't like who I have been. Please forgive me. Please change my future. And he started the most incredible journey with God that day. He's now um, out of prison, married, and he has this incredible ministry to those in prison. Jesus came for those who've been turned away, who feel shaped by their past. But with Jesus comes freedom. He wants to party with you. He wants to sit down and have a relationship with you, a deep friendship of unconditional love to bring 
about restoration. I wonder how many of us know that every story with Jesus in it has restoration at his heart. Think of some of the people we've looked at in the journeys, Abraham and Jacob, people of Israel. In fact, think about everyone in the Bible. It's a story of everyone in the Bible, isn't it? Restoration. Noah was a drunk, Abraham too old, Jacob was a liar, Joseph abused, Moses stuttered, Gideon was afraid, Rahab was a prostitute, Jeremiah and Timothy were too young, David was an adulterer, Elijah was suicidal, Isaiah preached naked. I don't want to copy him in that regard. Jonah ran away from God, Naomi was a widow, Job went bankrupt, Peter denied Jesus, Zacchaeus was too small, Saul was a murderer, and Lazarus was dead. And yet, and yet, restoration. Jesus says, come, follow me. I don't know where you are spiritually this morning. It might be that you have not yet started a journey with Jesus. It might be that you have come along with friends or a partner. There is an invitation for you. I love this picture. It's by Holman Hunt, Light of the World. Whenever I look at it, I always think of Christmas. Um, it, it does remind me of Christmas. I don't know whether it's a sort of lighting. Um, anyway, my girls love the fact that Christmas is coming up. Um, they tell me there are only 71 days till Christmas. One of them has already started to decorate her room for Christmas. But Jesus stands on the outside of the door. He knocks on the outside of the door, and the door handle is on the inside, waiting for a response. This is an invitation for everyone, for women, for men, children, older people, those who are successful and are not good enough, life's rejects, those who feel ill-equipped, and those who feel that their pasts hold them back. Perhaps that is you. Perhaps today is the day to respond to that invitation to start your journey with Jesus. There's also a good opportunity today just to reflect on where all of our journeys with Jesus are. Perhaps your journey has faltered a bit because journeys do falter, don't they? Perhaps you've lost sight of your journey's destination into eternity. Perhaps your challenge today is to leave behind the trappings of comfort and wealth, the things that the world um, so easily want to define us by. Perhaps you're tired, weighed down by the concerns of the world. Perhaps you're someone who has a real heart um, for those who have not yet started their journey with Jesus. Perhaps as you've been listening, you want to help the Shane Taylors of the world, those who have yet to hear Jesus say to them, come, follow me. I love um, the restoration station that the young people did the other day, Katie and Emily. 
It reminds me, of course, of the repair shop. I don't know whether anyone here likes watching the repair shop. It's great, isn't it? A few heads nodding. And often people bring to the repair shop something that was made quite a long time ago, but has got damaged, got knocked about through life's events, has got a bit dirty and a bit grimy, and it needs life being brought back to it. And so the restorers clean it, and they repair it. They take away all the junk and all the grime, and they restore it to how the Creator wanted it to be. Isn't that a great analogy for co-laboring with God? Maybe that's on your heart this morning, that you want to co-labor with God particularly for those who are either yet to start their journey or whose journeys have faltered. Why don't we just have a moment praying and just responding? Jesus says, come, follow me. Lord, we thank you for these passages of scripture. We thank you for the way that you came and you called the unexpected. We thank you that today you come and you call each one of us to start a journey with you. And Lord, we thank you that that journey goes into eternity with you. And Lord, we particularly pray for any whose journey is yet to begin. We pray particularly for any who are here today or those we know We long for them to start a journey with you. We pray for any who have just lost sight of the journey's destination. You've got weighed down by the things of the world. We pray that right now you would come and by your Holy Spirit minister to us. That you would restore and repair. That you would renew us. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit energy to continue the journey that we have started with you. Pray particularly for an anointing of that particular ministry on some people here this morning. That ministry to enable others to start a journey with you, to continue that journey with you. Thank you, God that you restore our identity, that we are not sinners, failures, and rejects, but that you see us and you welcome us as children of the King of Kings.